the grace that it takes to get through the trials of life. The grace that, that, that Paul learned about when he received a thorn, he received that difficulty, he received that, 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 that thorn from the Lord who, who he, he asked and begged God three times, Lord, let this, let this pass, let, take this from me, this messenger of Satan that buffets me. The word buffet means to wrap with the fist, this painful situation that I'm going through. And he says, I, I can't take that away because, because of the abundance of the revelations given unto him. He said, lest you be exalted above measure, he said, I've given you this thorn to keep you humble. And even though, even though you need it, I'm going to give you grace to deal with it. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this, that sometimes we'll go through a trial. Sometimes we'll go through a valley. Sometimes we will go through a very painful situation that's right in the middle of God's perfect will. And we think we're going to die, but God will give us grace. Grace. Somebody say amen. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me real quickly. Remain standing for just a second. We'll read and then I'll let you sit down. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Uh, let me say again, this, this video we're fixing to show is pretty, pretty intense. So, so please keep that in mind with your children. If you, whatever you need to do, if you need to hide their eyes or, or ears or whatever. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it, listen, uh, this is not things that are going to happen. This is things that are happening right now. Right now. How many of you have ever been asleep and somebody, somebody uh, uh, threw cold water on you and, and, and woke you up in Jesus' name? How many of y'all know that shocking experience when, when, when you've just, just been startled awake? And uh, I, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid that the church in America is asleep. I'm afraid things are happening all around us. There's things that's taking place right under our nose, and we just keep living like we've always lived. We just keep acting like we've always acted. we got our head in the sand like, like it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Well, I'm afraid we're asleep. Well, the, the verse in, in God's Word says it's high time that we awake out of sleep. Amen? So let's, let's read just a couple verses. I will have to admit this, that, that this has changed a little bit from what I had originally intended to do with it. Uh, uh, but God knows better than I do. And this is, I, I really believe, there, there are times, there are times when you come with a lesson. There are times when you come with a Bible sermon. In other words, it's a, it's a truth from the Bible that I convey. But ladies and gentlemen, today I come with a message. A message I truly believe with all of my heart that I've got a message from God for us in this hour that we're living in. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, we find, we find the Apostle Paul who is an aged man by now. He is an older uh, disciple, if you will. He's a follower of Christ who, who has run his race. He has, he has done his thing, if you will. His, his days are over as far as what he used to do in the ministry. He's sitting in a prison cell. He hears about Timothy. He hears about Timothy's struggles. He hears about Timothy's difficulties. He hears about the pain and the, and the strife that, that Timothy is going through. Timothy is his protege, is his disciple. He is there, and he left him at Ephesus to take care of the issues there, to take care of the church there, to pastor there. And Timothy's having a hard time. He's going through difficulty, even to the point of tears in his eye. I mean, this is not just, okay, I had a bad day, okay? He is having a, a really, really difficult time. Paul told him, I'm mindful of your tears. And now he begins to ensure him and encourage him and, and tell him some things. And, and in the mid, and let me, let me just lay this out there. At the beginning of this message, it's not going to sound encouraging. 
in the middle of this message. It's not going to sound encouraging. But ladies and gentlemen, I have a word from the Lord. And when he's through, it's going to be good. Amen? So, so let's look at this. Paul is encouraging Timothy and he says this. Timothy, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous is, is used in another gospel. It is used and translated fierce. It is translated dangerous. It, 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 is, it is a word that is described with the demoniacs of Gadara. Do y'all remember the, 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 the men that were running around in the tombs and, and they, were, they were naked and they were fierce and they were violent. And they tried to chain them to control them, but they could not. The chains would not hold them. They were very violent men. They were demon-possessed and demon-motivated. Preacher, what are you saying? Paul says that in the last days, the days are going to be fierce and violent like those men. Difficult times, dangerous days. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Uh, you could take that right out of today's newspaper. Say amen. Without natural affection. Without natural affection. What does that mean? Do you know the greatest instinct in humanity and in the animal kingdom is the instinct of a mother to protect her child? Do you realize we have completely lost that? We have lost natural affection. Back in 1994 when Susan Smith took her babies and strapped them into a car seat and put them in her car and run the car into a lake, we were shocked. We were dismayed. We could not believe how in God's name could a mother do that to her child. How in God's name could that take place? But do you know what? It's happening all the time now. We have mothers who are putting their children in freezers. We have parents who are destroying their own, their own lineage and their own babies. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying we are in the last days. No natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Have you noticed that people don't just want to disagree with Christians today? They want to hate you for what you believe? If you, teach the, if you preach and teach the truth, if you believe the Bible, then you're a hater. You're a bigot. It's not just that they want you to accept them now. They want you to endorse them and promote it now. Haters of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. All that sounds horrible. All that sounds barbaric. They sound like barbarians that we're dealing with. But the scariest part of this chapter is found in the next verse. These people who are ferocious, these people who are violent, these, these people who cannot be trusted, these people who have no natural affection, the Bible says this, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. You know what that says? That means this same group of people that we have described in such a horrific fashion are religious people. They're religious. They're, they're not atheists. They're, they're not agnostic. They're religious people. But there's a problem. The Bible says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Hey, they just poured the, the, the sidewalk in the back back here, and there's a, there's a pump that they had to put in that they had to do different. So they came, Brother Griggs, they came and they cut the sidewalk. They cut the, the concrete away. And in just a little bit, they're going to form it up. They're going to put the forms around it. The wood, the, the, the wood, and then they'll pour the concrete in it. But right now, it's just formed. But there's no substance. It looks like what it's going to look like. 
but there's nothing in it. Do you realize we have religions today that have a form of godliness, but there's no substance, there's no power, there's no touch, there's no anointing. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Perilous times shall come. One more verse and you can be seated. Verse, verse, number, verse number 13, this sums it up. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax, say it with me, worse and worse. Say it with me, wax. Worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will get all the glory, all the honor. Lord, all the praise out of the service. I pray that you'll give me the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Help me to preach your word in power. Help me to preach your word anointed. Don't let me say anything that I don't need to say. Don't let me forget anything I need to say. Father, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Australia's army has been called in to help mop things up after Brisbane was smashed by an extreme hailstorm described as a catastrophic event. Large hailstones propelled by winds of up to 140 kilometers an hour slammed into buildings and vehicles, leaving a trail of destruction. Officially, as of this morning, temperatures were below freezing at least somewhere in all 50 states. And yes, that includes Hawaii. The city in a state of emergency. An entire year's worth of snow in just days. From the air, you could see it coming. A huge wall of snow moving into the city. And this time-lapse video shows how it just hasn't stopped. I've lived in Buffalo my whole life, and I've never seen it like that. Uh, it was scary. Nigeria has also been grappling with a number of deadly terror attacks. Militants from Boko Haram have laid siege on villages in the north, killing hundreds, possibly thousands of people. Reports from the northeastern town of Baga say Boko Haram sacked the town, burning it to the ground and killing more than 2,000 people in Baga and surrounding villages may have been massacred. Baga was now virtually non-existent. That would make the massacre among the most deadly terror attacks in history. Pakistan today, more than 140 students were killed. It appears they targeted the school, which includes grades 1 through 10. Taliban gunmen massacred more than 100 children and burned some female teachers alive. After seven Taliban gunmen with bombs strapped to their bodies stormed the army's public school. The Taliban going room to room hunting the students down. The Taliban are trying to topple the Pakistani government and set up their own version of an Islamic state. A horrific new tactic from ISIS, raising a new generation of terrorists. A video released this week from the terror group purports to show a young boy executing two hostages. In the video, a young boy about 10 years old stands before the hostages armed with a handgun, while a bearded ISIS fighter stands next to the boy reciting religious verses. The boy pulls the trigger and appears to shoot both men once in the head then fires several more times as the hostages slump to the ground. But the message from ISIS is clear. They are turning children into killers.
initially I wanted to come and stand and say, wake up. I wanted to come and say, listen, let's, let's get our head out of the sand. Let's stand up. Let's, let's speak up. Let's, let's go to the polls. Let's go vote. Let's get the right, let's get the right people in. Uh, we've got we've to change this situation. We need to take steps to make this better for Christians. And, and God said, hold up. Hold up. Stop. 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 That's, that's not the answer. Now, don't take what I'm fixing to say, don't take what I'm fixing to say to mean that, that I don't think we need to go vote. I think every Christian has a responsibility and, and a right to go vote because somebody died so you could. I think we need to go vote. I think we need to go vote our conscience. I think we need to go vote our convictions and, and all of those things. I, I think we should stand up and speak up. I, should think we, I think we should do all of those things. But that's not the answer to the perilous days that we're living in. That's not the answer to the times that we're living in. Because this is what Jesus told me to tell you. It's not going to change. It's not going to get better. The earth will not be improved. The times will not improve. They will not get better. No, how much, no matter how much church we have, no matter how many souls we win, according to the scripture, it will not get better and better. It will get worse and worse. Worse. And there, there, are, there are several things I would like to share with you today. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, the beginning of this is pretty depressing, and, it, and, it's, and it's, it's almost fearful, but I promise you God has a word for you today. Three things I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, we've got to get ready. If there's anything about the last days that I know of, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We cannot be caught off guard. We cannot be caught asleep. We have to be prepared for the last days. Paul is trying to encourage Timothy and tell him, get ready. I'm telling you it's coming. This is not a fairy tale. This is not the figment of somebody's imagination. Do you realize, do you realize that everything that you just saw were actual events that have already taken place? The wars, the rumors of wars, the, the natural disasters. They, these, these were not a made-up fictional thing. This was happening. It's already happening today. Those people that you saw murdered, those people that you saw killed were Christians. And they were killed not because they were at war. They were killed because they were Christians. Are you all with me? Say amen. What do we do? What do we do? Paul didn't just tell, Paul didn't just tell Timothy, he said, hey, it's going to be bad. Good luck. That's not what happened. He told him several things in this chapter. Let me give you the first one. First, I want you to see in order to be prepared, in order to be prepared for the last days, first, number one, we must remember and avoid. We must remember and avoid. Remember what? Remember that humanity is going to get worse and worse. Three things, a pattern, if you will. We're going to see a pattern, a continual pattern. Humanity will get worse. They're not going to get better. I don't care how much you educate them. The Bible says they learn and continue learning but never are able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? They're going to be fierce educated people that no matter how much learning and how much education they get they're still going to be wicked evil violent and fierce some people think the answer to society the answer to the problems that plague humanity is more education no it's not if you have a corrupt man and you educate him he's going to be a smarter corrupt man are y'all with me if he is a thief at heart, he's just going to have a smarter way and an easier way to steal from you. Say amen. Humanity's going to get worse. They're going to get fierce. They're going to get violent. It's happening today. Did you ever think in a million years that a Christian could be fined for not taking part and, and refusing to take part in a homosexual marriage? 
Did you ever think in a million years that you would find what you're finding today? That you see Christians are being persecuted all over this country. Not just, we, we think Syria. We think that's so far away. It's here. Do you understand that there are Muslims that live in the United States that feel and think and act the same way they do in Syria and Afghanistan? It's here. I had a list. I had a list of 84 things that this present administration has done to, to destroy or come against and attack our Christian liberties, our Christian beliefs. It has been said now that if, 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 if Christian beliefs go against the freedom of somebody's right to kill their own baby or to marry whoever they want to marry, then the Christian needs to change their belief. You say, oh, that's silly. No, you don't understand. It's already here. Humanity is not going to get any better. There's a, there, there is a pattern. Humanity will get worse and worse. Deceivers will come. They'll be worse and worse. Wicked men will be worse and worse and worse and worse. And Jesus told me to tell you today, listen, voting is not going to change that. All of these things. You see, humanity is going to get worse. Nature is going to get worse. Watch this. The Bible says... The Bible says in Romans 8, 22, for we know, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. What does that mean? The word travail is the, is the word that's used of a woman who is in labor, a woman who is in labor. What does she do? She goes into labor, her labor pains come and they increase in intensity and they increase in frequency. Are y'all with me? They get stronger. Do I have ladies in the house that will testify right there? They get closer and closer and closer together. They get more intense, more intense, more intense. And she can't say, I, I don't have time for this. Y'all with me? I, 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 let's, let's do this another day. No, 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 no. When that starts, it's, it, there's going to be an end to that race. Are y'all with me? It's going to come. And it's like, it's like the, 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 the old uh, uh, hide-and-seek, ready or not, here it comes. Well, do you realize it's already started? The labor pains, this, this earth is groaning. This earth is in pain. We have earthquakes all over the globe. We have volcanoes blowing up right now. An earthquake has already came in Nepal, and, 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 and no telling how many have died. There have been more natural disasters in my lifetime that's the worst that's ever been recorded. It's not going to get better it's going to get worse it's going to get worse listen not only do we see that that humanity is going to get worse we see nature is going to get worse but not only that christianity and when i use that word christianity i use that very lightly i i, I, I let me let me just say the word religion because I, I believe that's a, a better way to put it but but do you know the bible says before the antichrist can step forward before the Antichrist can step forward, there's going to be a great falling away. Paul is speaking to the Thessalonians. Uh, they're, they're, they're afraid out of their mind because somebody sent them a false letter and saying that, that, that Jesus has already come, the resurrection is already over, and y'all been left behind. So they were really wigged out. So Paul is sending this letter to encourage them and say, hey, 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 don't, don't, don't get all bugged out. Watch this. He says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away, a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's the Antichrist. What does that mean? Before the Antichrist steps forward, and by the way, the Antichrist can't step forward to the rapture of the church. 
So at the moment of the rapture of the church, right before the Antichrist steps forward, there's going to be a great falling away. The word falling away is the Greek word. It's actually where we get our word apostasy. In other words, leaving of the truth. Leaving, falling away from biblical principles. Falling away from biblical truth. Do you know there are mainline denominations today that are, that are uh, uh, endorsing same-sex marriage? They are not, they, listen, they are, they are ordaining homosexual priests. Five years ago, that had been unheard of. Ten years ago, that would have been, that would have been the greatest atrocity we ever thought. But what's happening? There's a falling away. Do you realize that every major denomination is declining today? They have plateaued and declining today. 77% of all the young people that grow up in church, by their first year in, in college, they are gone. They leave the church never to return. I'm not talking about unchurched people's kids. I'm not talking about people that are backslidden kids. I'm talking about your kids. 77% we're losing them. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's a falling away. There's not, listen, there is not a respect for the house of God like it used to be. There was a day when lost people respected the house of God. There was a day when people would respect, even if they didn't believe in it, they respected your right to believe in it. But today, there is no respect, even in the house of God. There's a falling away. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Listen, not only a pattern of conditions, but I want you to see the practice of deceivers. The Bible says evil men, deceivers, seducers will wax worse and worse. How do you think there was such a great falling away? Because of all these lying scoundrels out here. Somebody had to tell them, hey, God's okay with that. God's cool with this. Somebody had to twist the scripture to teach a false gospel to people to believe. Because I believe there have been good people that came out of good places deceived by wicked men. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to, there are so many charlatans on TV, it would be my advice to you, turn it off and don't listen to none of them. Listen, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're deceiving people right and left. Now, here's the thing. The second thing, Paul said this, avoid them. Avoid them. Like the plague, turn away from them. Avoid them. But then he says this. Then he says this. He says, you know me. Not only do we need to remember and avoid, but the second thing I want you to write down, we need to recognize and affirm. We need to recognize and affirm. Who do we need to recognize? The true teachers. The true men of God. When I surrendered to preach at 17 years old, Dr. Melvin Biggs, I, I stood at, 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 a, at a table across from him, and, and, and I, said, I said, Dr. Biggs, I said, God has called me to preach, and, and I surrendered to preach this past Sunday. And he looked at me with the most serious look. Now, you've got to understand, this was, an, this was an ex-Navy man. He was a frog man before the Navy SEAL. Y'all with me? He was a bad dude. At 60-something years old, he could speak to you and your knees knock together. And he said, Malcolm, he said, I want you to know something. Preachers are a dime a dozen. I mean, I'm sitting in the middle of a whole cafeteria full of preachers. And when he said that, it went deathly quiet. I didn't know what to say. 
I just looked at him, and, and, and he said, Malcolm, preachers are a dime a dozen, but real men of God are few and far between. You know what? He told the gospel. If there's going to be deceivers, if there's going to be seducers, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to know who to follow? Listen, I may die. I may, I may be taken to another country. God may move me somewhere else. What are you going to do? What are you going to do a couple of years from now when, when you have to move to another state and, 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 and you've got to lead your family to follow God? Who are you going to follow? How are you going to know who to follow? Paul told him this. He said in verse number 10, he says, son, you've known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, the persecutions I endured, the afflictions I went through. You've known all of these things and how the Lord delivered me out of them all. Four things that you need to get right here. How do we know who to follow? How do we know who to listen to? How do we know who to trust? First off, you've got to follow whoever is teaching the truth. He says, you've known my doctrine. In other words, if they're not teaching what that Bible says, you need to find somewhere to go. He said, I have told you the truth. If somebody tells you something to believe, you need to say what chapter and what verse. You need to have your Bible. You need to read your Bible. You need to know your Bible. Don't take my word for it. Bring your Bible when you come. Let's learn it together. Let's grow together because the next person you sit under, he may not give you the Bible. How do we know if they're right if they're teaching the Bible? How do we know if they're right if they're following the Bible? What does he say? The second thing. The second thing. He says, you not only know my doctrine, but you know my manner of life. You see, a true man of God will teach the truth. A true man of God will have nothing to hide. Say that with me. Nothing to hide. Say it again. Have you watched any of them 2020 shows uh, uh, running down uh, uh, these, these, these uh, televangelists that's asking you to send $29.99 to buy their Learjet? And when the cameras come, when the cameras come, they hide. They said, don't interview me. I don't, I don't have nothing to say. And, and all. What, listen, if you are a man of God, you have nothing to hide. He said, look at me. Look at my life. Look at my behavior. Look at my past. Look at what I've done. Look at my activity. He said, I don't have anything to hide. Look at me. He says, not only that. He says, but you've known my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience. Not only as a, as a man of God will teach the truth, they have nothing to hide. Number three, or C, they practice what they preach. They practice what they preach. It really irritates me to see people preach one thing and live another. I, 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 I learned this from my father. Uh, I'm never going to send you up a ladder that I ain't willing to climb. There's one thing about it. You may not like it, but whatever I am here, I'm at Walmart too. Are you going to practice what you preach? If you see people that live a double standard, if they live a double life, if there's something different at church than they are in, in the workplace, if there's something different at church than they are in the world, if they're different at church than they are in the marketplaces, you better find somewhere to go. Are you all with me? Say amen. Listen, not only that, they teach the truth, they have nothing to hide. They practice what they preach. Then they are not afraid of persecution. They are not afraid of persecution. Now let me say this. Paul was not afraid of persecution. He was stoned. He was beaten with rods. He was, 
He was treated so, so unkind, so un, unchristlike. But he told the truth, regardless of what it cost him. Now, let me say this. I, I believe I could testify this because I, 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 I'm right here. I'm not afraid of confrontation, and I'm not afraid of persecution, but I don't like it. And if you say you like confrontation, you're an idiot. Y'all with me? Listen, Paul didn't like it. Paul didn't like people not liking him. Paul didn't like being uh, uh, made fun of or mauled. Paul didn't like, I, I, am, I promise you he didn't like the lashes on his back. Say amen. But he wasn't afraid to endure persecution to speak the truth. If you have people that's just going to go with the flow of the wind, if you've got people who's just going to go with whatever the crowd goes with, if you have people that will not stand for this truth, if it turns the neck of someone else, I'm telling you, you don't need to follow him. Because there'll be days that the man of God will have to say what nobody wants to hear. That's why Paul told Timothy, listen, I charge thee therefore before God, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. What he's saying there is there's going to be days when everybody wants what you've got. But there'll be days when nobody wants what you have, but you've got to tell the truth anyway. A man of God will do that. Preacher, what are you saying in these last days? We need to avoid the faults. We need to avoid the charlatans. We need to avoid the deceivers. We need to recognize them and avoid them. How do we recognize them? Are they what Paul said he was? Listen, when we find that man of God, we need to affirm them. We need to encourage them. We need to follow them and love them and do everything we can to support them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, this is the message. Now, this is the message. With all that being said, he's just, he's, just told, he's just told Timothy, listen, it's fixing to hit the fan. It's fixing to be bad. It's fixing to be terrible. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then he brings up this. He said, but continue. But can, continue in what? Look what he says. Look what he says. In verse number 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Can I preach just a minute? <clears throat> this is the answer. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's going to be bad. It's going to be No, it's not going to. It is. It is. What do we do? What do we do? Paul says, it's the book. The book is the answer. The book is the secret. The strategy of thriving and surviving in these perilous times is in the book. Now, I know what you're thinking, because I was thinking this. I said, God, I think my plan was better. Let's get them wake up, man. Let's go vote. Let's get, let's get the right politics. Let's do he said, no, 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 that's not going to change anything. You see, the main thrust is really two things. It's really two things. First is deceivers, right? I mean, y'all know they're here. They're here. There's a falling away. There's going to be deception. So obviously, that, that makes sense. I need to know this book for the deceivers. Because the only way to combat deception is with the truth. So that makes sense to me. I see where he's talking about. 
I see why he encouraged Timothy to know the book. I see why he encouraged Timothy to read the book and study the book and learn the book and apply the book. I see all of that because that makes sense. I need to know truth to combat the lies and the deception of Satan. Man, that makes all kind of sense to me. But what about them hurricanes? That's not going to work. What about the tornadoes? What, what about the, the natural disasters? What about the earthquakes? And what about the famines? And what about the pestilence? And, and what about ISIS? ISIS is taking Bibles and burning them. ISIS is cutting people's heads off. They're putting them in cages and, and putting liquid over them and, and lighting them on fire to burn alive. What's that going to do? Do any of y'all think like me? And you're just afraid to admit it. What's that going to do? Knowing this, what am I going to do? Quote a Bible verse to him? And Jesus said, you don't, you don't get it. What does, what does all this stuff do? What is ISIS trying to do to Christians? The activity that they are, are engaging is, is for the purpose of causing fear in the hearts of Christians. What do we do when we see those natural disasters? Fear. What do we do when we hear about pestilence and plagues coming? Fear. We get afraid. And what happens when you get afraid? What happens when fear strikes? You realize that fear paralyzes. And God said, I don't want my people to be afraid. We see the disciples in the boat. They're in the boat, and, and, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And the storm rages. They are in a perilous time. They are in a violent situation. They are in a dangerous shape. They're thinking they're going to die. They come to Jesus, and this is what happens when fear comes in our heart. We'll start blaming God. We will start thinking that God doesn't care. God, don't you care about these Christians in, 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 in Afghanistan? Don't you care about the Christians in Libya? Don't you care about those Christians that were dumped overboard? Don't you care? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care what I'm experiencing? Don't you care that this has got me scared to death? They come to Jesus and said, Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus steps on the boat. He steps on the bow of that ship. And he says, peace be still. And the winds quit blowing. The waves quit crashing. The lightning quit flashing. It was a complete peaceful calm. And then Jesus turns to the disciples. And he says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? You say, preacher, what in the world does that have to do with this? You remember what we was doing? What does this have to do with how we respond to dangerous, fearful times? Do you realize the opposite of faith is fear and the opposite of fear is faith? 
How do we combat fear? It is with faith. And do you know the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? And if we learn this book, if we study this book, if we know this book, it is going to develop a faith in us that hell or high water, we know that God is in charge. It don't matter what ISIS does. It don't matter what the earthquakes do. It doesn't matter what the volcanoes do. He is in charge, and I've got faith. Give God praise and glory in the house today. Voting is not going to change ISIS. Listen, they can take all the missiles. Now, trust me. Now, the redneck in me wants to make a lake out of Iraq. I want to take the biggest bomb we've got and drop it right in the center of them boogers. And, yeah, you know. But guess what? More will come. We can, we, can, we can kill them in Libya, and they'll rise up in Nigeria. They can kill them in Nigeria, and they'll rise up in Iran, and Iraq, and the Philippines. Do you realize this is a worldwide epidemic, and they'll rise up in the United States? You see, the answer is not a missile. The answer is not napalm. The answer is not a nuclear bomb. The answer is none of these things. The answer is knowing the book. The answer is knowing the word. Why? The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word has power. And if we get the word in us, we will be powerful and we will be fearless. And the devil can bring hell against us and we won't back down. We won't back down. Preacher, you, 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 you believe it's going to, yeah, it's going to get worse. But I'm going to get in the book. I'm going to get in the book. Now, can I, can I, can, can I, this, it's over, I'm done. But can I, can I be straight up with you a minute? No, I'm going to need more than that. Can, can I be straight up with you a minute? Unless you're an expert at this, unless you're an expert at this and you know this from front to backwards and you can be teaching everybody else, uh, you, you really need to be here Wednesday night. Why, preacher? Because that's when we're learning the book. We're going verse by verse by verse by verse. Why? So we can have a crowd on Wednesday? No. So we can say, hey, we had to. No, no, no. You, you don't understand. What are you doing on Wednesday night? I'm preparing people for perilous days. I'm helping reinforce their faith by teaching them the word of God. And when they, they, they receive the word of God, they soak in the word of God. It develops their faith and their faith strengthens so that when hell comes, they'll be hell proof. Now, let me, let me say this. Let me say, now, I love y'all. Don't get sideways. Some of y'all looking at me funny. I know some people got to work. But I'm telling you. If you sit at home in your recliner flipping that tube when you have an opportunity to be learning that book, I hope that, I hope that remote control helps you when ISIS knocks on your door. I hope you're ready. Because I promise you there ain't a thing on TV going to come to your aid when hell breaks loose. Now listen, one of the verses that was this just really just struck, I mean just whoo, bells went off. You know what Paul told Timothy? He said that from a child, 
thou hast known the Holy Scripture. You know what that tells me? We need to teach him young. I see, I see a little bitty baby up in, the, up in the balcony up there. They need to be knowing it right now. We need to sing gospel songs to them right now. We need to give them Bible verses right now. Do you know why in every ministry we have with the little people all the way up, I mean even in diapers, we do not babysit. We do not have rooms over there that we can chunk them children in so you can come out and have a peaceful time. While you're in here learning, they're in there learning. Why? It's the only help we got. It is the only hope we have in perilous times. So what am I saying? I'm saying at 630, you need to have your children in these programs. You need to have your children learning the word of God. Why? What if, God forbid, you, you get taken out? What if, God forbid, you leave this world early? Have you prepared your children for the days that we are talking about? Are they ready? Let me, let me say this. I done said enough to make everybody mad. Let me just say this. If the only thing you've done is taught, taught them how to throw a football, what's that going to do to help them in perilous times? Now, I'm all about teaching them how to throw a football. My dad taught me how to throw a football. He taught me how to hit a baseball. He taught all of that. But he did not neglect teaching me this. Well, I don't think you should force religion on your children. Uh, you make them brush their teeth. Y'all with me? You make them take a bath at least once a week. Amen. <laughs> Do you realize I would rather every tooth in my child's head rot out of his head and him make it to heaven than have a pearly, pearly gates in his mouth and go to hell? Uh, I, I went over time again. Uh, no, no, it ain't all right because I'm tired. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how, I, I, I don't know how to tell you how I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so burdened with our, 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 our church. And when I say church, I'm not, I'm not just saying temple. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the, the, the believers because I see so many of them fearful. I mean, they've got the power of God and the touch of God in their heart, but yet they're fearful, and the reason it is is because they're neglecting the book. Paul told Timothy, he said, get the book, man. Everything you need to be ready for the perilous days is in the book. Because it's the book that's going to develop your faith. And the only thing that's going to get you through the fire is faith. Not a politician. Not a government. Not an army. But faith. I hope you have faith. I hope you'll meet me Wednesday night because I'm going to just take the Bible and open it up and teach you what it says. I hope you bring those, those children to Wednesday night, 630 let us teach him what the Bible says. Why? I'll tell you this. I'm not going to say what Paul said. 
I'm not going to say perilous times shall come. What I'm going to say is perilous times are here. Are here. Did you see in the video the dates? It's all recent. It's not coming. It's here. And all God's people say it. Lord Jesus, help us to be ready. Help us to be prepared. Help us to have faith. Lord, help us to help us to be ready. Lord, I, I know the first step to being prepared is salvation. I want to offer salvation to those who are here. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, no one look around, no one move. Please be as still as possible. No one move. This is so important. Say, preacher, I, I don't know that I'm saved. The Holy Spirit is dealing with my heart right now. I, I need to know Jesus. Well, I want to introduce you to him. We have people at this altar right now that would be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. If you need one-on-one -on -one personal care, we've got people right now be glad to take a Bible. They have their Bible in their hands, and they'll help you. But let me tell you what they would tell you if you came. They would open up their Bible to Romans 3.23, and they would tell you, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone's a sinner. No matter who you are, you're a sinner. I grew up a preacher's kid. I had a shouting mama and a preaching daddy, but I was lost because I was a sinner. Then they'd flip over there to Romans 6.23, and they'd tell you, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin has to be paid for. The wage of sin is death. Sin has to be paid for. Then they'd go over and show you, I believe it's Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you. Jesus died to forgive you. Jesus died to redeem you. You got to believe that. Then we'd go over to Romans 10, 9 and 10. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then we would tell you right now, today, in this hour, at this moment, in this building, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, if you will ask him to forgive you of your sins and to save you, today, this moment, Jesus will save you right now. That's what we would tell you. And if you're ready to do that right where you sit, if you're ready to do that right where you sit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead in a prayer. And if you'd like to trust Christ right where you sit, I want to pray with you right now. Right now, every head bowed and every eye closed. You're ready to pray. You're ready to ask God to forgive you and to save you. Pray this with me. And it's not what you say with your mouth. It's what you do with your heart. If you'll believe it with all of your heart. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. The best I know how. The best I know how. I'm asking you now to forgive me. To save me. To change me. The best I know how. I'm asking you to forgive me. To save me. To change me. As every head's about, if you prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to testify. I want you to, I want you to admit it and acknowledge that. Listen. We have Christians across this world being killed for their faith because they will not deny Christ. They're not ashamed of Christ. 
I don't want you to be ashamed in this building. If you prayed that prayer and you trusted Christ, I want you to raise your hand. Slip up your hand and let me see it because I'm going to pray for you personally. Raise it up high. Don't be ashamed. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you on the floor. God bless you. God bless you. Any others on the right? God bless you. Any in the balcony? Any in the balcony? Raise your hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands right in the middle. Oh, yeah. As every head's bowed, if you raised your hand, I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me right now. All, all of you that raised your hand, I want you to look at me. Listen, this is the first step. This is the first step to following Jesus. I've got a little booklet. If you're looking at me, if you raise your hand, if you prayed, I've got a little booklet. And it says, now that you believe, now that you believe, and it takes you through the next step, what to do next, what Jesus wants from your life, and how we can help you accomplish that. And I want to do this. I want to pray specifically for you, personally, me, personally. If you're in the balcony, Pastor Barry is up in the top. He's got his hand raised. He's got his hand raised. He's right in the middle. And he's got booklets also. And I want to pray that God will touch you and help you. This is just the beginning of the journey. And I want to take a moment to pray for you. And if you raise your hand, you're looking at me, I want you to come right now. I want to give you this booklet and pray for you real quick. Come on, come on, come on. All over the building. Come on, come on, don't stop. Come on, don't be ashamed. This is important. This is important. Come on. Just line up right here in this hallway. Just line up right here. Come on, sis. I could do nothing and without him I'd surely fail and without him I would be drifting just like a ship without a sail oh Jesus oh Jesus do you know him today please don't turn him away oh Jesus Without Him, how lost I would be. And without Him, I would be dying. And without Him, I'd be enslaved. And without Him, life would be hopeless. Oh, but with Jesus, thank God I'm saved. And Jesus, oh Jesus. Please don't turn him 
Everybody stand and sing this chorus. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't hurt him away, oh Jesus, no Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Can we give God praise and glory for all those who come and trusted Christ today? Amen. I tell you what, if, if you can't get excited about folks getting in the kingdom, 
uh, something wrong with you. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice more over one getting in than one getting right. So we need to get happy. So let's try that one more time. Are you glad God's saving people today? Amen. Amen. How many of y'all are glad we've got Ryan and Savannah Sullins coming and joining up with Temple Baptist Church today? Can we, can we give God praise right there? Are you, are you glad Craig and Joni Story are coming and joining up with Temple? Let's give God praise right there. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? All the time. Well, let's be good back to it. We're going to give our tithes and our offerings today. Uh, we give, we give uh, uh, through our tithes to support the ministry of this place and, and what we do in our communities, what we do through the, uh, uh, the ministries of this church, helping those who are in need. And, and also we give the faith in action to get this building done. Amen. We are continuing. We've got to get some, some, several more things we've got to do. So just let's keep being faithful there. And also in our missions, we give in our missions to, to do what we, we saw today with Brother Matt and also Brother uh, Travis over there. We have several missionaries, uh, and, and, and they can do that because of what you're doing right here. Amen? So let's be faithful and, and do what you say. What should I give? Whatever God tells you to. Best thing we can do is just be obedient to him. Amen? So let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this offering. Use it for your glory. Help us to honor you with our giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing part? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace? This hour, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. For there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed?